You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. This is episode 196 of the Merged Marketing Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about harnessing the power of paid ads and user-generated content, UGC. My guest on today's show is Ashley Wright. Ashley is an advertising expert, founded Smash Cactus Media, and spent over $30 million on social ads. He helps eight-figure brands scale with creatives and paid social and is a sought-after consultant in the industry. Excellent guest to talk about user-generated content and user-generated content in your paid ad strategy. That's what we're going to dive into today. If you're an e-commerce or D2C brand owner, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Without further ado, let's kick to my chat with Ashley. Ashley, welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me. First and foremost, Ashley, maybe give us a bit of a background into your journey into marketing. Yeah, definitely. So I've been probably in the marketing space now for coming up to like 18 years. So like most people, I've done pretty much everything from building own websites, SEO, eBay, Amazon, dropshipping, the full works kind of thing. So that was kind of the start. I always knew that I wanted to be entrepreneurial, quote unquote. That was kind of after when I realized that football slash soccer, I wasn't going to make it. Because obviously when I was growing up, that was kind of the be all and end all until obviously got to a point where got to like 16, 17, didn't get that, that contract. And I thought, you know, okay, I don't want to be working full time for someone. I want to kind of work for myself and kind of obviously figure out this internet marketing kind of like world. So from then onwards, kind of went, tried everything. Some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. And I thought, you know what, I want to start to grow an agency. So I thought, what better way to kind of do that than obviously going into the agency world. So rather than starting from scratch, I went into some bigger agencies, worked on some big brands, just like Adidas, Reebok, American Airlines, Tom's, massive budgets and stuff like that. And then I got to a point where I thought, you know what, I kind of know what I'm doing. So why not let's just start to build out my own agency. And this is where I kind of am at today. What was some of the work you were doing with the likes of adidas yeah so my, my main like specialty is i'd say it was paid social so it was focusing more on the ads and someone like adidas imagine or adidas they had a massive budget so it's obviously we kind of focused on european markets so that was obviously uk all of europe and obviously we're spending anywhere close to like like eight to ten million a month and obviously kind of like a percentage of that was to just brand awareness which obviously was just kind of just pushing out certain products so for example if there was a new trainer drop if there was a new uh, kit launch all that kind of stuff and then we had a budget that was focusing more on then the e-commerce side so obviously quote unquote let's spend money and let's make sales back from that kind of thing so yeah really fun and obviously that kind of coincided work with Reebok because Adidas own Reebok so again it was kind of good to work on obviously Adidas as a big brand and Reebok as the quote unquote sister brand of them. How long ago was this when you were working with these brands? So for them, I would say it's probably been about six years in total. So like I started with like some smaller brands, but then I kind of, the aim was to, like I say, to get to a brand like Adidas. That was kind of my goal. And obviously once I started to do that, I kind of said, okay, I learned it. So I worked on the accounts and I kind of managed the team who then started to actually run the activity. And then I was kind of working on the strategy side, liaising with obviously the clients and obviously working on the, the bigger picture in terms of that. And then obviously working alongside the other channels in terms of like how paid social, so how paid social interact, how would out of home interact and kind of bringing that whole strategy together. So obviously it all made sense for them. Obviously they're, they're the quote unquote stakeholders in terms of obviously they spend all that money of what they're kind of getting back from that. Obviously, times have changed and, and things are different in 2023 than they than they were probably back when you were doing some paid social for those big brands. What are some of the, the big items that you've seen change in the 
paid ad space and working on those accounts? Yeah, I think the main thing now, and I think it was kind of going that way when I was on that, but I think it was the, the way of rather than focusing on the audience in the actual account and rather than like say thinking, okay, I need to be targeting these certain interests in the ad manager or these lookalike audiences, starting to think of like a broader picture and then making your kind of creative stand and speak to the audience you're trying to call out so i think that was kind of a the shift that was happening from that perspective and obviously it's kind of happening now as you kind of know with technology in terms of the algorithms have changed ai obviously plays a big part now as well so i think the landscape has definitely changed dramatically obviously with like the ios uh, updates as well in terms of in terms of targeting stuff like that that obviously had a big shift as well so i feel like we're definitely going to a uh, quote-unquote cookie-less kind of worlds where I'll say that the actual ad creatives will play a, if a huge part going forward for sure. Obviously, you know, there are a lot more marketers on the social paid platforms than there ever were before. Um, mm -hmm. It's becoming a very noisy environment and, and the likes of Facebook and Instagram are trying to insert ads in as many placements as possible. So it becomes very competitive. I can remember back in like 2016, 2017, um, I, I was probably one of the only agencies actually running ads back then. Because you look at other yeah. agencies and they're not running ads. You look at their page transparency. There's no ads running. Nothing. Right? Yeah, I know, right? And, and nowadays, everybody's running ads. Yeah, it's completely changed, right? I feel like people kind of thought, okay, if some people are doing it, getting results, let's jump on the bandwagon. And like I say, it's definitely getting more competitive and a lot harder to quote unquote stand out now for sure. Definitely. Okay, so let's let's get into a, a bit of the DTC, direct to consumer brands, mm -hmm. and and because they, you know, we're it's it's apparent they're going through struggles right now in 2023 mm -hmm. and, and maybe we can outline what are some of those struggles they're having and why are these struggling struggle struggles happening in the first place yeah i think obviously again it's to do maybe the landscape changing obviously with quote unquote again going through kind of a, a recession quite right now in terms of like a lot of brands uh, their products are not necessarily needed in terms of like like i say if it's like you're buying i don't know um, hair products, stuff like that, people are starting to cut back for starters. So again, obviously that has a knock-on effect on obviously these DTC brands. So again, there's going to obviously be um, some standouts in terms of some brands that will do really well. And obviously some majority are not going to do so well. And I think as well, like I mentioned, because it's just getting so competitive as well, people are trying to obviously grab people's attention as, as easy as possible. And that's becoming a lot harder to do. And I think a few reasons for that is because a people who are trying to grab attention maybe not have expertise into figuring out how to actually get someone's attention and, and i think the thing is as well now brands are trying to literally get that sale straight away so they're saying okay if i spend a dollar today i need to get five dollars straight away back whereas realistically people are not in that mentality to obviously buy straight away they might just be browsing they might just be looking and i feel like brands are like i say if they know if they are not getting that money back straight away, there could literally only be three months left and that brand will obviously not exist, for example. So again, I feel like it's got to a stage where brands are starting to to be a lot more aggressive, but aggressive in the wrong ways. And I feel that's obviously having a knock-on effect, meaning that their, their ROAS is dropping, their uh, customer acquisition is obviously increasing and at the same time. There's only so far that that can actually last until obviously, like I say, brands either A, stop advertising or just don't exist. Very interesting because it's like it's almost coming back full circle to years ago where, you know, you're using social paid ads as almost like online billboards back in the day. Mm -hmm. It's coming back to that because there's less importance or less strategy involved in terms of just getting that direct sale, like you just said, right? It's not about just yeah. putting in a dollar and getting a dollar back right away. You really have to build that top of funnel and create that mm -hmm. demand generation, right? 
100%. Yeah, and that's where people go wrong because they feel like, okay, if I put an ad out there and it doesn't make a sale, okay, this ad doesn't work, so I need to go back to the drawing board. And again, that takes time. It's cost where realistically, if they're just a bit more patient, that's probably the best way to do it. And I say, this all kind of got to get across to the clients we work with, brands we order, stuff like that, and say, look, someone might look today, but they might not buy for maybe two months, for example, but you're obviously going to be top of mind when they do come to it. And at the same time as well, you've got to be in all these different places, obviously, like say, meta facebook instagram you need to be there you want to be on tiktok you need to be on google ads stuff like that because again if you're in all these places you can always be top of mind for when that person's ready they're like oh okay that's the brand i want to kind of go with but like say brands are just too stuck in their own old ways probably wanting to think to put it as well because they knew that facebook worked two three years ago and they're getting lots of sales with that so they think okay let's just keep flushing loads of money down that hopefully one day facebook will obviously start to return uh, what it kind of was doing previously whereas obviously like say you've got to kind of move with the times where i feel like a lot of brands just don't do that yeah, it's, I mean, and you got to think the the algorithms are so smart right now. They know exactly what you're looking for. I mean, obviously people are, are questioning whether or not uh, the Facebook and Instagrams of the world are, are listening in on conversations through Alexa <laughs> and Google devices, but that's another conversation. But what we're yeah. talking about here right now really is, is the algorithms are just so good. Like, for example, I just bought an above ground pool for my backyard. So I've been inundated with pool supply companies, pool installation companies on my feed for the last two weeks. And, mm -hmm. and, but it goes to show like how, how good your ads need to be to stand out amongst the competition. Cause there's a good chance yeah. the person you're showing your ad in front of are also seeing ads from all your competitors. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing where I feel like people just, they don't stand out. That's, that's the main thing for it. Because again, like say, if you're yourself, like say you've seen all the ads, if it still stands out, you're not going to probably click on them because realistically, especially brands in this day and age, that the USPs are pretty much the same, price points are pretty much the same. So what's going to get you to click? And that's where a lot of brands kind of fall short because again, we're all trying to veer for that that click. Basically, we're trying to get people to their website. And if you can't do that, then again, it doesn't matter how good your website is, how good your conversion rate is, if people are not getting to your website, then again, obviously that all kind of falls flat. Well, now the, is the million dollar question. What gets them to click? What are some of the tricks and tips that, that you're seeing, Ashley, in getting some of those low class clicks or get that attention going to a website? Yeah, I think right now, I think it's just been having uh, a broader approach. And what I mean by that is in terms of having broader creative. So with that perspective, having like say, your storytelling video, you want to have like your UGC kind of videos, you want to have some GIFs in there, you want to have some static in there. So again, having a range of, of different of, of variations is probably the best way to put it because realistically, every user is going to want to see something different. Like say, I might be more accustomed to obviously watching a video, whereas yourself, you might just see static. So again, a lot of brands need to have that percentage breakdown. And at the same time, just being able to test because I feel like, like I mentioned to you before, They'll test one thing and because, like I say, it doesn't bring in a sale straight away, they think, oh, it doesn't work. And then they go back to the drawing board. But whereas what you should be doing is, okay, you need to look at that data. So, okay, so let's say we run an ad for 10 days rather than just scrapping it and going back to the drawing board and start from scratch. Let's look at that ad and say, okay, why is this ad maybe not converting? Is it the the start of it, which we call the hook? Because, again, obviously, you want to catch people's attention. Or maybe is it that we're not holding that user? So, again, is there maybe the, the storytelling in the actual ad is not appropriate or maybe we're not... Um, touching on that problem enough and obviously giving the solution so again a lot of brands that look at the actual creative as a whole and like i say they're focusing more they're too busy focusing more on why it's not working so it's like oh the targeting must be wrong or we're not spending enough whereas rather than breaking the actual creative down and saying okay let's maybe just change our hook out or let's maybe get a different creator and use the same script 
that's the debt that we kind of need to be going into now to get the results. Whereas, like I say, a lot of brands right now are just trying too many different things and then they're kind of just like, oh, nothing's working. So what do we mm-hmm. kind of do? And that's kind of the issue right now. What are some of your best practices that you're using around testing, around testing creative to find out which elements are working? Yeah, so I think the main thing right now is, like I say, we always want to be testing one variable at a time. So what we always say is you want to have a, a hypothesis at the end of the day. So let's say, for example, we were running like free ads for a brand to begin with in test. We say, okay, we want to test three different hooks. And basically the test of this would be to say, okay, we want to make sure that one of these one of these versions is going to basically get a hold rate of, sorry, a hook rate of X. So let's say, for example, we have a hook that's going to be more shocking, for example. We could have a hook that's going to be maybe like um, answering like a question which works really well right now. And another one could just be like something really shocking in terms of like throwing something against the wall, something along the lines of that. So that would be the one variable and the rest of the ad would be exactly the same. So again, that would be the one variable. So from then we can look, okay, which actual video is actually getting the conversion which is obviously holding them from then onwards we can start to break it down in further so if we know that obviously hook one's doing the best let's say for example let's scrap the other two and let's maybe say okay how can we now improve that hook that version one so again from then onwards it might be then looking further on the video and how we kind of do this like just taking a step back when we get for example our clients when we get creatives created for them rather than just going to a creative saying, okay, can you create just one 30 second piece of video? We get it broken up into different elements. So we call it, kind of call it like Lego stacking. So again, think of Lego, you can stack it any kind of di- dimension, any kind of way. So we say to them, okay, can you create us 10 different hooks? Can you give us 10 different problems, 10 different solutions, four different calls to action? So again, we've got a whole range of like unedited files. So again, we can say, okay, this is working well, or let's maybe drop this B-roll in here. So again, we kind of stack in the actual test rather than like say, saying this doesn't work and let's go back to the drawing board and start from scratch or let's try and market a whole new product because that's just not the way of doing it in this day and age. When using meta ads, do you run dynamics to test that? Yeah, that's what we kind of started at first with to dynamics again, because that's the easiest way to kind of do it. And, and I think as well, it's the, the better way to do it because again, you don't want to have too many different variables, especially like having so many different campaigns, so many different ad sets. And I feel like, especially like we will say, if you give the platform enough good creative, enough good budget, then again, it will do the heavy lifting for you. And then again, we can look at the data from then onwards. Who's doing your social media? Is anybody doing your social media? Why aren't we doing your social media? Since 2016, my agency has been managing communities, creating content, and managing our clients' social media platforms to keep them top of mind with their customers, along with their prospects. Social media is probably somewhere on your priority list as a busy business owner, but it's never gonna be near the top. For us at Merged Media, we ensure your social media is at the top of our list, making sure you're staying top of mind with those clients and prospects. If you want a creative and professional agency working on your social media, then go on over to merged.ca and book a call today. That's M-E-R-G-E-D. Explain to our audience what UGC is for uh, audience listeners that don't know. Yeah, certainly. So UGC, obviously user generated content, is basically when you get a quote unquote creator or influencer to basically create content as as the perspective of a user of that product. So let's say, for example, I was promoting AirPods, for example, that's Apple. So what we'd do, we'd do is we'd go and find creators or we kind of call them like actors now because what we find is that actors perform a lot better because they know how to act. And they'll basically 
work on the actual brand so we'll give them a persona so again it could be like um a working mom mom who basically like has no hands free because obviously got kids stuff like that so again we'd say okay for this kind of like storyboard you want to like showcase you're busy you're trying to take calls trying to do all this stuff these are airpods so again we kind of say okay want a hook and again just figure it on my head right now the hook could be an example a mom with like kids shopping bags in the hand for example struggling and then basically it just says that okay my problem is i have like loads of different calls i need to be sorting out the kids nursery or like this that bill stuff like that on the phone but i can never get to the phone and then obviously then the, the solution is obviously here's the airpods put them in your ear do other stuff whilst on the call stuff like that so again that would be kind of the way to kind of showcase that so again you kind of have that persona as someone who's obviously acting and then they kind of say you show that showcase the problem the product being the solution and then kind of like say going from then onwards with it so how would a, a dtc brand best leverage uh ugc user-generated content in their marketing strategy yeah, so I think there's a few ways doing. Obviously, you can do it from an organic perspective, which is a whole different kind of like kettle of fish. But in terms of from like ad side of things, I feel the reason why it works so well, and don't wrong people, obviously, are they understand that this necessarily might not be a user of the product, but it just comes across a lot more real. It looks more like a story because if you script it and have it like a story, it will obviously do a lot more because obviously it will touch that person. So what we always say is obviously you have that persona and you literally focus that ad for one person. If you do it like that, then again, it's going to obviously be resonate with that person a lot more. And that's what can obviously get the clicks and get people to the website. So realistically with brands in this day and age, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you should only use UGC, but I feel like it gives you uh, a better kind of ratio in terms of that top of funnel, because from then onwards, if someone obviously understands what the brand's about, how it can help them, then later on they might then see like say the static or they might see a gif or they might then go check your social and stuff like that but that kind of is like the, the entry into the kind of ecosystem of the brand i like to say and then from then onwards if you are doing like your retargeting stuff like that you can then say okay if this person's watched x amount of this video let's maybe show them a different video that's going to be kind of like either hammering home on the product even more or maybe giving them a discount so again you can start to get a little bit more smarter when you start to get them down the funnel later on so essentially it's, it's marrying that message as closely as possible to the user that's seeing it as opposed to just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. 100% and that kind of comes back to like say the targeting. You want your targeting to be in the actual creative. So like I mentioned earlier, if you're targeting, you want to target stay at home moms, for example, you don't need to be going in Facebook and saying, oh, let's find an interest that moms who are like, you know, these different interest groups of like because the things of interest that they're outdated and I'd say I'd never recommend using interest in this day and age. And then with lookalikes, lookalikes can work to a degree, but they're not stable. So again, obviously if you start to spend a lot more, it'll be like a real roller coaster and you've got to manage it a lot more. So again, in terms of like from a targeting perspective, all our ads, we just run literally on broad and then we make sure that the actual ad itself will call out that user. So again, if we have one product and we like say we want to focus on stay-at-home moms and then the another angle could be, for example, um, running male athletes, for example, again, we'd obviously have different ad sets with that in. One will obviously be focusing on that perspective of the, the male athlete, for example, and one could be at the stay-at-home moms. And again, we're touching different demographics within that, but still selling the same the same product. Okay, so when you're creating those audiences, you'll have them pretty broad, right? Like male mm -hmm. athlete, uh, stay-at-home mom, 
you have them broad and then allow and then throw the creative at those audiences and see which one works best but allow the algorithm mm. to figure out the best user to put that yeah. in front of exactly like so the algorithms are very smart and this is what you've got to kind of trust it a little bit more because this there's people on the fence a lot of people either trust it get great results or some people like oh i don't trust facebook too much it's not showing the ads not spending enough whereas realistically that's what leads to then you having to manage it because realistically you want to make it as easy as possible. Like I would prefer to like say focus 90% of my time on the actual creative and obviously storytelling behind that and less time in the actual platform. And like say, let Facebook do that heavy lifting for it where a lot of people thinking, Oh, I need to be checking my ads every day. Whereas realistically, if your creative is good enough, you can literally leave it to run seven days, 10 days without touching it. And once it starts to find the people, it starts then obviously optimize and scale accordingly. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, what are some examples of, of specific content that you're seeing working on the TikTok and Instagram Reels platforms nowadays? Yeah, I think realistically, it's just thinking outside the box. I think the best way to kind of put it is like, there kind of is no rules is kind of the best way to do it. I, I think the main thing where people get stuck up, they think, okay, if I see an ad that's working, I need to do exactly the same. But it's realistically, you just want to have, like say, you want to need to, need to capture that person's attention. That's the main thing. So whether that is, like say a hook that's going to be something shocking or it's going to be something different. That's your main aim. You need to literally, because we know attention spans are so short, people on the platforms don't think rush it. You need to be able to capture someone's attention. People say three seconds, I think realistically, it's the first two seconds. So it needs to stop that scroll. That's the main thing for it. So whether, like I say, that is me dropping something, whether it's like a black or white screen, maybe the video's upside down to begin with, anything that's going to stop someone in their tracks. And then once you've got that, it's then, okay, how can you basically make every second count and keep them as long as possible? So there's definitely an art to it, don't get me wrong. But like I say, it comes with testing. If you know your brand, then again, you might not get it right straight away. But then again, you start to utilize different ideas that the easier then starts to become. So in terms of like some of the brands that we kind of work with, some things that work really well, like I say, is like, I had to give an idea, like, I don't have seen it, but it's like um, the question at the top, like, for mm. example, like, user da, 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 asks his question then it kind of goes into that kind of thing mm -hmm. so that's kind of one way some ways now as well in terms of like oh like a negative hook for example like oh i would never try this product and then you kind of go into it but then you kind of reverse it stuff like that so again it's all stuff that's going to capture people's attention there's so many ways of doing it you just got to think okay my brand's this and how can i basically capture someone's attention in the smartest different way as possible hmm in, in terms of TikTok and Instagram Reels, where does your preference lie on the organic side of it and the paid side of it? Yeah, so I'd say for any brand, I think like obviously Meta slash Instagram, Facebook definitely still is the platform if you want to be looking for that more conversions. But then from an organic perspective, definitely TikTok because the reach on the platform right now is still pretty crazy. What I'd always say to any brand who's want to run ads on TikTok, make sure you've got that foundation on Meta first because TikTok is even higher top of funnel from an ads perspective. So again, you might not see conversions and again you probably quit and think oh tiktok doesn't work bloody blah, blah but like i say it does work you just need to kind of know what works on your other platform meta get that working spend how much on that then start to move to tiktok so from an organic perspective tiktok is definitely doing really well but again it's the same kind of structure you need to catch people's attention because when we audit accounts, the thing that people are doing on TikTok, it, it, it's, it's baffling sometimes. You see people just trying to post like some statics or post like sales now and stuff like this, and it's never catching people's attention. And you always see that some of the brands are getting stuck in that kind of 200 to 500 view range and thinking, oh, why am I not getting views? Why am I not getting viral? And it's because they're not actually structuring their content out for someone to watch. Because if I'm going on TikTok, I'm not going to want to scroll and see, oh, 
this, there's an ad for this brand here that's saying 10% off because that's not what you're on the platform for. You want to, I always say that the kind of rule for uh, TikTok is you want to either educate or entertain. They're the two mm-hmm. things you've got to think about. If you're not doing any of them, get back to the drawing board. Because if you do that well, again, you capture someone's attention because the platform's all about watch time. The longer you get people to watch, TikTok says, okay, this video is good. Let's show it to more users. And that's kind of how stuff, quote unquote, goes viral. If again, TikTok's saying, okay, this video is good. The watch time's longer. Virality starts to begin because, again, it doesn't matter if your previous video did good or bad. TikTok obviously just warrants it on that video there and then. So, again, if that video is good, it has a chance to go viral and the next video might not do as well. So, again, that's what people get wrong. They kind of don't know the strategy and they're kind of like either trying to jump on trends and they're too late to jump on trends or they're trying to copy all the people are doing and they kind of get nowhere with the actual platform. Edutainment is the key. That's the one. (laughs) So, Ashley, when you, so you will typically for yourself create content for TikTok and will you share that content to Reels or will it be vice versa or do you create it unique for each platform? Yeah, so it depends on each brand. So like I say, because again, all the, all the platforms will sometimes respond differently. So with the majority of brands, we kind of make it TikTok focused first because we kind of know we're going to get more reach. And then from then onwards, we can kind of then utilize that for obviously reels and shorts afterwards as well. But TikTok's been the, the main kind of platform. And then obviously if it does well on obviously reels and shorts, then that's kind of a, a plus on top of that as well. So that's kind of how we do it right now. And then another way that's kind of like, kicking off in terms of doing really well on uh, TikTok right now as well. I don't know if you've seen the, the the kind of strategy, we call it kind of like the spider web strategy. It's kind of come from like the Andrew Tate in terms of obviously when you used to get like a lot of affiliates to kind of obviously cut up videos and obviously like have loads of different channels in terms of like promoting this kind of stuff. So what we do with brands now as well, and another a good brand who's doing this right now is Tabs, the chocolate brands. If anyone's heard of them, they're doing really, really well on TikTok right now. So what we do basically is, rather than having just that one hub of a TikTok um, account, we'd have multiple accounts. So again, we'd have basically one creator associated to each account. So let's say we have 10 accounts, for example, we'd basically hire 10 different creators to go out in there and post on their on their accounts. Because then what happens is you've got more chance of always getting more views, more virality. And then again, you can even work with that creator, whether it's on an affiliate basis, pay them monthly fee. And then again, there's just so much where you can obviously start to get more people to view your actual brand rather than having it just quote unquote on that one kind of brand page. Brilliant. Spiderweb strategy. That's what we call it. I don't get wrong. I, I, like I say, most people are doing it right now. Like I say, Andrew Tate is the person who yeah. did it. Iman Gadzi obviously does it as well, like video editors, but we've kind of like taken that and put it into like the brand you kind of work with. And I'd say it's working very well right now. Very cool. Awesome. Ashley, this has been great. If our audience has any questions for you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, I definitely say uh, I'm on Twitter quite a lot. So just Ashley underscore, right? That's the best way. If you want to kind of look in terms of what we do as uh, an agency, it's just smashcactusmedia.com. And again, you can obviously find out everything on there in terms of all the strategy stuff we do. And yeah, they're probably the two best ways to kind of get in touch with me right now. Awesome. We end every episode with the same question. That question is this. If you can choose one person dead or alive to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Ooh, I'd probably say, oh, that's a really good question. I'd probably say, I'd probably say Michael Jordan, just for the fact I'm a big fan of him and I feel like his ethics and obviously, like I say, his mentality, obviously, just like he would always succeed. So yeah, I definitely would go with Michael Jordan. Chalk it up for MJ. You just, <laughs> you just disclosed your uh, your age and generation with that answer. <laughs> that is very true as well. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Literally right. That's, that is very true. <laughs> 
Awesome. Ashley, thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure, man. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. And I invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Merged Marketing Podcast. One of the best ways to do that is to add us to your Instagram at Merged Media, M-E-R-G-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. Going over there, give Merged Media a follow and subscribe and never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.